Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah wa barakatuh. Vanity has become a very big industry in America. With the personal access to social media and the personal involvement in social media, everybody has the possibility to have their own vanity pages. Everybody has the possibility to display themselves into the world in many different ways. So, everybody has become their own public relations machine. Uh, they post their Facebooks, uh, they post their Instagrams, uh, they post what's going on in their lives. It's as if, if your life is not recorded, it's without merit. And you need to record every moment of your existence for some kind of posterity. The prophet said, everything other than Allah is vanity. But now we've made vanity one of the dark touchstones of reality. This vanity becomes a reality. Facebook explains to the rest of the world who we are. And if we want to know who somebody else is, we Google them uh, to find out about who they are and what they are and get all of the personal information on them. Now, with all the hundreds of millions of people in America alone, uh, to really know what's going on, you would have to spend an awful lot of time looking at an awful lot of Facebook pages. Have to spend an awful lot of time looking at a lot of Instagram pages. Have to spend an awful lot of time looking at a lot of People magazines and the rest of the magazines who spend uh, their time reporting on the intricacies of the life of those who were famous. It's as if uh, people culled all the Facebooks in America and the most important ones get into people and the least important just stay in Facebook. We can live an entire life surrounded by and involved with the illusory nature of the world. We can commit ourselves to believing the importance of this illusory nature and make it important to us. Uh, things like status and fame and notoriety become that which we consider to be the penultimate of humanity and the importance of humanity. In doing this, <clears throat> we've made some fundamental errors. 
we have given credence to the creation over the creator. And we have bowed to the importance of illusion as opposed to the importance of reality. Hak is reality in truth. But to people, they form their own reality and they consider certain things important and some certain things not important. But when a statement comes along that says everything but God is vanity, it has to make you reconsider your position in the world, your situation in your world, in the world, and your attitude towards the world. So, in order to get along within the world, we have to spend time in vanity. Or else we would become hermits and leave this existence. But, in understanding what we're doing, we can elevate ourselves to be able to interact with it and not give it <clears throat> the credence of importance in our existence. When we deal with the vagaries of what occurs in the world, lots of things begin to happen. If things don't go the way we want, we become upset, we become troubled, uh, we become worried, we become fearful that we can't get what it is we want. The interaction with the world, if we look at it closely, is almost constantly a desire-based interaction. We want things. We need things. And we become satisfied within the world by way of the level of what we get from what it is we think we want or what we expect. And if we don't reach those expectations, somehow we feel bad for ourselves. It's a difficult way to live, and it leads for a life of constant turmoil and a constant need for probably some kind of therapy. Now, God's therapy says basically, don't pay that much attention to it and try to wean yourself from it as much as possible so that these things are not what drive your life. These things are not what is at the forefront of your consciousness. We have to be able to create for ourselves a vision of the world that is closer to the truth than the vision of the world that is thrown at us from outside of ourselves. If you pick up a newspaper, that newspaper is trying to tell you that what they're writing 
is the true vision of the world. That the stories in there are what's important in the world. <clears throat> when you turn on the TV and you watch the news, the point of the news is to tell you what's important in the world right now. What's going on. And if you focus on that, the externalities of what's going on around you become the most important thing for you. Somehow, we have to change from being involved in an external world to becoming involved in an internal world, wherein we come in touch with ourselves and our true being, and we begin to try and understand who it is that we are. In Islam, one of the names of God, one of the names of Allah, is Haq, and Haq means reality. This is a very important name. In Sufism, you have the steps towards God, and the first step is Shariat, the second step is Tariqat, and the third step is Hakikat, which means entering into the truth, entering into reality, entering into godliness, because the only truth is godliness. Everything else is the illusory nature of this existence. Now, it is very difficult when your senses are limited to only being able to see the world, not being able to see what doesn't have form, to believe in what doesn't have form, and to give what doesn't have form more credence than what you give to your sensory interactions and observations. This is a step that you have to take in order to be able to move yourself out of the illusory interaction that you have with things and the overriding importance of this illusory interaction. So, if the status symbols of the world are what you consider most important, then you will be chasing those status symbols your whole life, and reality will never become part of your existence. In the late 1800s, an American uh, economist, whose name was Thorstein Veblen, I think he was from Norway, wrote a book called The Theory of Conspicuous Consumption. And he explained in this book how people do things for showing to others what it is they have. So they don't 
necessarily do things for themselves, but to raise their own status. They buy things and interact with things in a way that other people will know how important they are or how much they have. So people buy certain things for status. People live in certain areas for status. And as you watch uh, the ads on uh, TV or read the ads in the newspapers, you can see that they're pushing you in that direction. And you can see that they're trying to make you buy into that view of the world, that view that if you own that which is luxurious, somehow you are luxurious. So, we as individuals are constantly being barraged by this attempt to have us buy into the world. The world is this incredibly large business, and everybody wants you to buy into this business and if you don't buy into this business you somehow are not part of what's happening part of what's going on so we need to have the confidence to move without buying into the business of the world we need to somehow be able to ignore what's around us and to be able to move towards what is hak, what is reality. Now, to do this, some people go to monasteries. Some people go to jungles. Some people live in caves. Our teacher said, we can do this while we live in the world. Be of the world, be in the world, but not of the world. Now, is this a possible scenario for our lives? Are we capable of interacting with what's going on around us, without having it affect us on an emotional level where we become trapped and tied to these things we interact with. This is one of the great dilemmas of existence, and it's also one of the great steps we need to take to be able to understand spiritual existence and life in reality. This life has a span to it. Uh, as sure as we came here, we're going to leave here. And we are told, and it's requisite among uh, the religions, uh, in Islam for instance, one of the things you have to believe in is that there's going to be an afterlife, that this isn't the end of time, that there's when you die, there's going to be a day of judgment, and there's going to be a day of resurrection. And this is part of the belief system. Well, if that belief system exists, then we also have to believe that there is within this world an illusory nature that comes to an end that it doesn't last forever that there comes an end of time now if there comes an end of time we have to question why are all these people trying to make utopias 
in this world? Why are they trying to create a situation where everything is perfect within the world? By its very nature, we have to understand that this world is not perfect. And it's not meant to be perfect. What's perfect is Allah and our relationship with Allah. And our reliance on that relationship with Allah. But if our reliance <coughs> is on other than Allah, then we are relying on that which is temporary and temporal in nature, and that which disappears. So we need to refocus ourselves to that which has permanence. We need to refocus ourselves towards that which is real, but not real in the sense of what the world thinks is real, but real in the sense of what is God and what is our relationship to God. We should keep in our mind the phrase, everything but Allah is vanity. We should understand the nature of that, and if we adhere to that, and we really buy into that, then all of a sudden, the world doesn't become that important. But if we think the things in the world are important, then we have a grasp on the world that's very difficult to let go of. And part of our progression in understanding reality is to let go of the world. We can't be in a desire-based uh, interaction with the world where desire drives us and pushes us and pulls us and simultaneously be involved with God. They're mutually not compatible. We are either of the world or we've learned to not be of the world. And part of the straight path is to learn that there are things that are higher than the things in the world. There are things that are more important than the things in the world. And even though we can't see these things, they exist, and we need to find out what they are. And as we mature as individuals, and we have a life to look back on, we'll notice that the most memorable moments in our lives, the most important moments in our lives, were, mom were moments where love was very powerful within us. Either love towards us or love from us. Those moments become the memorable moments in our existence. Where mercy was very powerful in our life, where compassion was very powerful in our life, where our ability to do something for someone else was very powerful in our life. These become the moments that we remember. These become the moments that somehow transcend time and transcend all of the things that we've been through. And if we haven't had love in our life, if we haven't had mercy in our life, 
our life has been barren. Our life has been without the involvement of Allah's qualities. And a life that is not involved with God's qualities is a barren life. It's a life lived in a desert. And this world, whether it's green or whether it's the color of sand, is a desert. In reality, the world is a desert. And that's why it's referred to often as the dung heap. It's as if we look at what is not important and give it importance. It's like the dog who chews on an old bone and breaks it into tiny pieces and it has no sustenance any longer because it's dried out but it when he eats it it tears at the skin inside his mouth produces blood the dog tastes the blood and he thinks he's getting some kind of nourishment out of it but in essence he's eating himself and destroying himself and this is what happens when give, we give credence to the world we're destroying the better part of ourselves. We are losing touch with who we truly are. And it is learning who we truly are that will bring freedom into our life. And if we keep hiding who we truly are, then we'll never know freedom and we'll never know reality we will just robotically go through our existence. Are you a mask or are you a mirror? Do you reflect or do you think you shimmer? We either carry this mask of fitting into the world and looking good to the world and we work on this mask to make it as perfect as possible and all you have to do is go through the internet or go through the magazines and look at the pictures of the plastic surgery that people do and there's like a point to it it goes to a certain point and they look okay and then they keep doing it and doing it and doing it and all of a sudden they become horrific looking well it's because one way or another whether through plastic surgery or through time, this face and this body is going to dissipate. Now, if you've stayed within God's consciousness, the dissipation will be different. Even though you're old, that light of the truth will still shine in your face. That light of reality will still shine in your face. Mercy and compassion will still come through you. But if you don't have those things, you will become bleak. So, we need to take a stand in our own existence. We need to become the ones who accept the truth and become 
the truth. We have to be the ones who can differentiate from that which is not necessary and that which is necessary. We need to be able to differentiate between that which brings us down and that which elevates us. We have to make these decisions constantly in our life on a day-to-day basis. Um, I've talked to some people, and they begin to, uh, after a long conversation, talk about the things they dislike. And sometimes they talk about the things they hate. And often you can hear the venom that they're beginning to seethe. It's as if people who hate believe that their hatred can somehow alter that which they hate somehow. When in truth, their hatred is a poison that they carry inside of themselves. We need to understand that all that we do that's good resides in us, and all that we do that's evil resides in us. This isn't about how we affect others. This is about how we affect ourselves. And one of the reasons we should become involved with the appropriate way of being is to save ourselves. This isn't selfish. This is just the truth. If you want to save yourself, do what's right. If you're not interested in saving yourself, do whatever. But part of our responsibility that's been given to us by our Creator is that we have to become perfected. In San Kamo, perfected man is not an imaginary state. It's a state that has been established for us to live in. <clears throat> we were with a man who was an insan Kamal. And he reiterated continuously to us, become like me. So, what he is saying, become that state of perfection. And he wouldn't have said it to us if it wasn't possible. So it is possible for us to become that state of perfection. But, that state of perfection is not how you are judged by the world. That state of perfection is how you are judged by Allah. Is how you are judged in the truth. So, we have to come to the place where the world and the world's judgments are not the touchstone by which we live. We're not in a movie where we read a critique of the movie in the newspaper the next day and that decides whether or not we're a viable picture. The critique of the world is not the critique that we're looking for. The critique that we're looking for is acceptance by God. And in truth, acceptance by God is much different than acceptance by the world. And we have to know what that difference is. And we need to do what it, is, what it takes 
to get that acceptance. Now, we also should understand that for God to accept us, we have to accept Him. And part of our obligation is to interact with Him. If you had a close friend, wouldn't you visit Him sometimes? Wouldn't you talk to Him sometimes? Wouldn't you interact with Him on a regular basis? Well, part of what we need to do is interact with Him on a regular basis. And true interaction with our Lord can only happen when we become like Him. So, to interact with our Lord, we have to become like our Lord. Only Allah can pray to Allah. Only Allah can talk to Allah at the level of Allah. So, if we are to truly interact interact with God, we have to bring ourselves up to that level of haq, that level of reality, that level of hakikat, that level of closeness to God. So, we have to redirect, if we haven't already, our life towards that understanding. We have to redirect our life towards coming closer to God. And what do we need to do in order to do that? Well, there are lots of different kinds of things that we can do. Uh, but we have to do some of them. We can pray. We can read holy books. We can meditate on the oneness and the unity of existence. We can surrender to God's will and let go of our own will. We can focus on our desire and begin to understand how it acts and learn to ignore it. We can stop reacting to the constant uh, instructions of our mind, which is limited to the intellect and the world. The intellect can't grab God. The intellect can't comprehend God. But there is a part of us that can, and that's our heart. And it's, mer- and it's from the heart that mercy comes. It's from the heart that compassion comes. The mind is a critic and will constantly be making judgments. We need to go to the place that is without judgment, that is without the need to criticize that can take things as they are and move forward. We need to do that for ourselves, for the sake of our own souls. And when we do that, for the sake of our own soul, it also becomes an assist to the other souls in our purview. As we become more refined, others can come close to us and become refined by our refinement. When holiness is in a being, that holiness can be felt by everyone around him. And when holiness brings up its qualities into the world, those qualities can be felt by all those who come into contact with it. So, who are we? What are we really? 
And what is it that we want to be? We have to ask ourselves these questions on a constant basis. And we have to constantly be in a state of trying to purify ourselves and bring us closer to the truth that God placed in this world. It's not hidden. It's just not seeable by our senses. So we have to learn a new way to look and a new way to understand. And may we all come to the point where that sense of understanding the truth is developed in us. Amin. Amin. Ya Rabbi Lalamin. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.